Hey everyone, and welcome back to Any Crack with me, Shannon Callahan. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm like buzzing today because for the first time ever, I have guests. What did I tell you? It was happening. I finally got my shit together and we have guests. And I'm so excited because it's actually probably two of the people that I know the longest here in Ireland. Um, and spoiler alert, they're both American. So my first guests are American. And <laughs> but um, I'm really excited for them to help me answer this question. So I'm going to turn it over to them for a second. Let them introduce themselves. If you guys want to say your favorite thing about me, if you want to like just share where you're from, why you're here, and then we'll go from there. So Neha, I'll turn it over to you first, and then Tim. <laughs> okay, so we're all laughing because I was trying to make Tim go first, but somehow it ended up being me. I guess we're going in alphabetical order. That's um, exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, okay, so I am Neha, as Shan said. Um, I am actually in Ireland for medical school with Tim, um, met Shan through her roommate, but really became close with her through Tim, um, because they both love Philly. And then I ended up going to Philly and also fell in love with Philly. Um, so everything Shan said is true. It is actually the most perfect city on the planet. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, as somebody who's not from Philly, I can vouch for that. The city should uh, like pay me for how much time I get it. <laughs> Honestly, though. Um, yeah. That, oh, and I'm from the States, as she said. I'm from California, um, from like the Bay Area, but I did my undergrad at UCLA. So I'm just from all over California. Um, I think that's everything about me. So What's your favorite thing about me? Oh, your favorite? My favorite thing about you? There's so many. Um, my, my favorite humility. thing about Shan is going to be... I can, okay, this is like way deeper than I thought I was going to go with this question, but oh, um, I can talk to you about literally anything. Oh. I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, I have had some of the weirdest and most random conversations with Shan at like the most random times. <laughs> like, we'll just be having dinner, and the next thing I know, we're having like a very deep conversation about fill in the blank. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, Tim, follow that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hard act to follow. Well, um... My name is Tim. I'm also a med student in Ireland uh, with Neha. We go to the same uh, med school. I met Shan, like, I guess, like, within the first, like, couple of weeks of me being in Ireland. And, mm -hmm. like, she similarly had just moved to Ireland to, to do her master's. Uh, and we met through her roommate, but uh, instantly bonded because we were... <laughs> Both, um, like, I guess, I, I hate to say it this way, but we're like, we're kind of like so Philadelphians, because if you remember <laughs> Shannon's description of where she was from, I have a very similar description where I just tell everybody I'm from Philadelphia, which isn't a lie, because I lived and worked in Philadelphia for two years, but like, I live in a suburb, like, northeast of Philly in a town called New Hope, um, so I'm like, in like the southeast pennsylvania area but i just like call it philly because it makes it easy yeah. for me to uh describe to people so if you want to like 
I don't know, get a little U.S. geography, you can like Google Philadelphia and then Google New Hope and then Google uh, Harrisburg to see where like Shan and I are talking about when we talk about Pennsylvania. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll follow suit with Neha. I also, I'm not as well-traveled uh, as Neha. Uh, California is a big state, just so you know. So between San Francisco and LA, is, is a, it's a big distance. But I'm uh, from a very small uh, radius around Philadelphia. So I went to school at uh, Swarthmore College, which is literally an, uh, the exact same distance in the opposite direction of Philadelphia from like my hometown. So I moved from like the Northeast Philadelphia suburb to like a Southwest Philadelphia suburb and went to college there for two, for four years and then ended up in Philly for, for two years before I moved to Ireland. Oh, I'm supposed to say my favorite thing about you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, my yeah. favorite thing about Shan, there's like, again, there's so many things. And if you can tell even from how much of my introduction was centered around like Shannon and and our shared interest, um, uh, that in and of itself is an answer. But I will say something that I definitely love about Shannon is she's always up for an adventure um mm. and is like very willing to like try anything something new something interesting like very creative about like doing things uh particularly when we were first in dublin it was very much like trying to experience a lot of it and she's a wonderful person to like experience all of the ins and outs in dublin with when we were young vibrant mm. new expats <laughs> yeah and now we're old and weathered and <laughs> jaded and jaded yeah um great well thanks for the that was a great boost to my ego thanks guys thanks for introducing yourselves i've brought them on to be my first guests because the question that i'm being asked the person who asked it is also currently living outside of the u.s but is newer to it so i thought bringing in people who've also kind of experienced these questions would be helpful also, I think you guys come to the table because you have different identities than I do. So I think you guys would be like, you'll be very helpful and like great at answering the first question and just help it be a bit more like well-rounded of an answer than just me kind of speaking myself. Without further ado, the questions that we're going to answer, it's kind of two parts. So the first one is, do you ever get questions about and or mocked for the previous administration? Also, how do you answer questions about America and racism in a way that's not exhausting or, and then like question mark. <laughs> um, so this person also, because I'm like friends with them, I know them. They also know my personal opinions on the previous administration. So like, it's not a surprise for them that like, do you get questions about and or mocked that I would be like, yeah, definitely mocked and like not be offended by it because like, anyway. But so yeah, we'll dive. We'll do the first one. So questions about and or mocked for the previous administration all the time, constantly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, and and <clears throat> the probably the only time I'll be fair about the previous administration is it's actually it's not even just about the previous administration. It's everything about America. We just kind of ask, why are you guys like this a lot? We get mocked about everything. We get asked about everything. It's just like people hear about us a lot, so they just want to be like. But do you actually do this? Why are you like this? Is this really a thing? So what do you guys think? Yeah, I actually, I thought it was really funny. I didn't, I don't think I expected to get as much about the administration as I did. Um, and when, especially like, because we're in med school, we're going to the hospitals and talking to patients all the time. Every single patient 
ask me about the administration. Mm. Literally every single one. Like, I'm going there to, like, make sure they're okay or, like, ask them questions about their health. And they're like, but Trump. And, like, that's all they want to talk to me about as soon as they hear my accent. And they're like, oh, you're you're from America. And I thought that was really interesting. Fortunately, I guess for me, most of them also thought, like, had the same opinions on the administration. So I didn't really have a lot of people disagreeing with me. Yeah, sorry, guys. Let's just get out. Did anybody here vote for Trump? No. No. Cricket? No. Okay. No. In case this podcast blows up and people need to know uh, where I stand because they're strangers to me. Uh, yeah, we weren't Trump supporters. Yeah, so no, definitely just put not. that one out there. Sorry, Neha, continue. No, it's fine. Yeah. But no, it was really interesting because like literally all of them were also almost as stressed about it as I was, which I found really interesting, especially around the election. I had like mm-hmm. a nurse who was giving me my flu shot, like sit me down after my flu shot. And she like wouldn't let me leave because she wanted to talk about the election. It was yeah. probably the week before the election. And she was like, what's going to happen? Like, please tell me you're going to save this and it's going to be okay. And I was like, well, it's not entirely up to me, but you know, so it was really interesting to see how, how invested the rest of the world is yeah. in uh, and just something that Chan said that is so profound is is the kind of general um, commentary, I guess, that we as Americans would get from, you know, Irish folks and people who, who live in and around Dublin, kind of just across the board of all of the things that happen yeah. in the United States, like yeah. no, from every kind of sector and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and it goes back to something that I think she's introduced on the podcast, which is a lot of times, like, it comes up as kind of a piss take of kind mm. of like, oh, you Americans are X and it's meant to be like it's a joke and it's kind of hyperbolic but at the same rate it's like also very a realistic thing that does happen or is happening somewhere in this like big country that we all came from so uh i think the interesting thing i found is that a lot of that kind of fun loving piss take culture of like the hyperbole the same way we might hyperbolize irish folk to like make fun of them or like take the piss sometimes it leads to a little bit more of a deeper conversation about like why that question shannon just said it's like why are you guys like this and it's like a joke at first but then it's like no really like (laughs) is there an explanation for like why this is happening like at this time in this particular way and Mm -hmm. uh it, it circles back to i mean so many things but something that always comes up is like America's so big and like there's so many different not only it's like it demographically diverse but like different parts of America being so widespread have different environments and different cultures and different like socialization so like nothing is really the same between two places even within the same state for instance yet alone between states between coasts like in different regions so that always you know is an interesting thing that comes up but yeah I just also have to agree with Neha that there was a lot of I guess like interest in in the the fact that particularly this particular last administration was like constantly something as almost like every week if not every month was happening and you're like what is going on like it made Mm. for uh, a rich uh, amount of material for people to uh, be inquisitive about and kind of ask us about so we're kind of living in that limbo but similar to Neha like the amount of people like friends in med school my friends that weren't in med school like people that I just like know at the coffee shop like people in the hospital like when it came to the election it was like all of this was like on everybody's Mm -hmm. like lips nonstop, and then you're also trying to like you know not be too biased 
too biased i put that in air quotes but like you know give like a fair representation of like yes. what might may or may not happen and your concerns and what kind of like goes on uh, on the usual thing uh but it's it was just like a really interesting uh yeah. time to be abroad while there was all of these yeah. like crazy stuff going on and then also during this transition period from one administration to another when it seemed like so much was hinging uh, on this last election yeah yeah, I do find that generally the interest is quite genuine. Like, so, like even when it's a piss take, sometimes people, but they're like, no, but actually like, and so the question kind of has to then become back to them. It's like, well, how much time do you have? Like, do you actually mm -hmm. want to understand like why we're like this or like why this happens? Or like, do you just kind of want like a short answer that like confirms, I guess, your bias and then we can carry on. And like, it, as we've said, like, I'm not really from Philly, but where I am from, is big Trump country, to be honest, like massive yeah. Trump country. My, I have like family members who would have voted for Trump and I like have friends who I would have gone to school with who would have voted for Trump and would be very vocal about it. And so like when I, when I think about the Trump administration, I, and when people ask me about it, I'm like, and they're like, how could it happen? Like, I, I don't understand like how it could, how it could have happened. And, and that was even sometimes in the US that happened to me that other Americans were like, who grew up in cities and stuff were like, I don't get how anybody could want this. And I was like, well, I get it. Like, I get it. Like I grew up in it. And I just happened to like change my landscape and like experienced different things and like challenged my views and like, you know, thought a lot about what kind of world I would want to live in. So like, I, I didn't end up agreeing with really anything and that's not to say like I'm not sat here like oh Joe's the greatest part like I also have opinions on that as well like you know but it, when it comes to yeah if we're if the question's about Trump and that administration and like the way that we get asked about it it's like for me when I get asked I'm like okay well I get it so if you actually want to know like I can explain it and something else that I like I've been I've complained a lot to Tim about for definitely is that a lot of people will joke about the election or will joke about the administration because it doesn't affect them yeah. um and so it definitely gave me perspective into like kind of how much we often as americans comment on other countries too just having it happen to me because so many people would joke about the administration or joke about what they do and yeah at first it was funny and then after a while i would start getting really annoyed because i was like well this is like my life like this kind of determines whether or not me and my family can stay in the states like this was determining you know a lot of my friends safety and future um and i felt like like they didn't understand quite how scary it was for us yeah and and to that point like <laughs> Neha and I are both people of color. So it's like, imagine also surprise. like explaining that. So I know surprise, <laughs> uh, imagine like explain how like it, it, something that we probably have done our whole lives and it's not the, the most fun or favorite thing, but it's like also re-explaining your existence and your point of view and your perspective of like how this thing that is distant physically from us, but like Neha said, like we have to go home to at some point uh, versus mm -hmm. the person that is, you know, from an Irish person lives here their whole life, like maybe has been around Europe a bit or like an another European immigrant living in Ireland for the most part that's not been to the United States and may never plan to. There's also this kind of aspect of explaining the geographic like 
<laughs> foray of the United States, but also like the demographic foray of how it's just like the same types of people are not concerned about the same thing. So you do end up in some extent, um, instances explaining this kind of like, okay, imagine this framework, like tons of different people, a huge amount of surface area, like all different environments and locales. There's like all these like push and pull factors. Uh, and you're talking about one person or one small group or this generalized idea or topic, it's not as clear cut. It's not kind of the black and white, like everything is shades of gray and the gray scale is like so far reached and you just kind of have to like put that into, I find myself, I guess, putting that into perspective for a lot of people mm -hmm. who uh, I realize at the end of the conversation have, would think you can, some say it and then some you can just see it on their faces like, oh, I had never considered that, which like, I can't mm -hmm. fault them for like, they're that they mm -hmm. don't have the experience to like, have said they or to have known that that would be a thing to consider. Yeah. Obviously, thinking about last summer, when the protests kicked off for Black Lives Matter and all of that kind of stuff. And there was protests in Dublin, like there was certainly there's a lot of things that kind of came from it with people in Ireland trying to like talk about their experiences being black and Irish and like just their experiences with racism a lot of stuff kind of started but then there were a lot of people who were like oh well this isn't really a problem here or they you know then you have to start kind of into kind of into the second question but also just kind of yeah like the people trying to make sense of like what they could feel was a heavy thing happening in America but like still trying to suss out like how much of it is stuff that we can like make fun of for, how much of it is like, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, but it was very much so in like, this is happening in America was a lot of it. And so to then have to kind of talk about that part here as well and how it's alive and well outside of America, racism is alive and well outside of America as well. Like those conversations, I found people who were very dismissive again, kind of as they like, they just wanted their thoughts affirmed in the way that they wanted their thoughts affirmed about Trump. But then there were some people who were like, I want, I want to try to get it. And that kind of leads into, yeah, like the second question about like answering questions about America and racism in a way that's not exhausting and all that. Neha and I were like smiling through that whole <laughs> moment that Shannon <clears throat> just explained that just because that very point of the number of times that we've come across that mindset or have been told like in a conversation well that's an america problem like that's happening in america like we don't have that here like that doesn't exist da, 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 da. for whatever reason people are very convinced right that yeah. um racism and discrimination uh, are not happening globally, yeah. uh, which was, I guess, it, it, I know, <laughs> to which we always roll our eyes, uh, which, I mean, it, which, it, I guess there's kind of like um, this, I can't find the right word for it, but this kind of mixed feeling of how excited I was last summer to see this, like, worldwide eruption of kind of, like, people protesting and kind of, like, yeah, like taking a lot of like the chance and the energy that came out of the resurgence of BLM in 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 the US and we're doing it like all over the world. I was like, this is great. But then like with that kind of level of expo exposure and support and people kind of who already got it, which is always the, the thing that we struggle with that we do 
anti-racism type work is like there are people who get it that like want to either learn or want to be involved or want to help and they're like already at the helm at your side like trying to do it and then there's everybody else who like you're trying to like make the point to that is resistant to kind of that point so it was exciting to see and to see it happening in ireland it was like all over my timeline right um on, in, on my instagram feed of just like lots of protests lots of organization like pop-up of a lot of organizations in ireland for like people of color a lot of people of color and like black irish people speaking out about their experience with like racism and discrimination um hardcore essentially anecdotal evidence uh but of course like in the face of the kind of uh i guess that the bittersweet feeling of like knowing like well here it is like pointing out that racism is ubiquitous everywhere and like still getting this kind of feedback of people being like, no, 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 America is the place with the problem. Like yeah. that would never fly in Ireland or that doesn't happen here. Like that, it doesn't exist. Like we don't have systemic racism here, which is yeah. literally an oxymoron to say sy systemic racism, something that is literally everywhere by the term systemic yeah. is not here for some reason. And like, for some reason, the people who are saying it somehow are experts on systemic racism, yeah. which like it's news to me. Like I would love to see their sociology degrees to like prove that they can have evidence to say that it's not here uh, for whatever reason. Uh, but that was um, something big that came out of last year. But just that moment that what Shannon said of like people thinking that it's not here, that type of mindset is so prevalent um, yeah. and is very frustrating to, to come up against. But yet here we are um, yeah. constantly talking about it to everybody who will listen and even those who won't listen. Yeah, no, I like echo everything that Tim just said because this is something that we talk about quite a bit um as Shan knows too it's um a lot of this past year has been really interesting for me I think because I fit two very different roles depending on which country I'm in in America I'm for everybody listening I'm half Indian half Nepali so like in America I fit into the model minority category which is its own problem but like I fit into the model minority here so I certainly have you know lived through the privileges of that growing up here and I wouldn't consider myself any type of expert on racism or even experiences of racism in the states and then you go to Ireland where there really isn't that type of differentiation you're just like white or a person of color like th those are like your differentiations and like the only other differentiation they might make is irish or you have another accent like that that might be the only other differentiation they make so in ireland suddenly i was just one of many and it was a very different experience for me also became very interesting when everything happened last year because i suddenly became this expert that I didn't think I was, but I found myself having to explain, you know, how to be an ally to a lot of my friends, because that's something that I've kind of grown up with in the States. It's a concept that people don't necessarily teach to you, but you, you learn growing up in the States if you want to. If you grow up in this space like I did growing up in the Bay Area, you, you grow up learning how to be an ally. And not something I really thought about. But then I suddenly had all of my my friends, mostly European, um, who were very new to this and who were like, well, what can I post? What can I not post? What's allowed for me to say? What can I not say? And they like had a lot of questions that, you know, may not be phrased the best or they might not be super comfortable putting out there to the world that they were then asking me. And I found myself having to answer a lot of these questions that 
I certainly didn't feel like the expert in and I was sitting there like Googling and going to webinars and trying to learn all of this stuff just to teach my friends. And it was a very interesting experience for me because I fit such different roles in both places. But they definitely in Ireland don't think it's an Irish problem. Um, and you end up having to give them a lot of like anecdotal experiences to make them realize it, which is a lot of reliving your own trauma, which I found very frustrating, um, but also kind of reminded me of like growing up in the States because I feel like I had to do this in the States when I was in high school and then not again. And everyone kind of like figured it out in the States, at least in my circles. I know not in all of the States, but in my circles. And then going to Ireland, I feel like Ireland is now where um, my circles in the States were when I was younger. So I'm going through it all again yeah. in Ireland. I didn't really think of it like that before, how you were saying it's like, it's like white people and then it's every like people of color i i it's actually even like it's so it's like an onion layer slice i guess even thinner in that i'm white and present as such i think quite obviously but i get asked all the time here if i'm brazilian so even me being like very white and like no one in the u.s would ever mistake me as anything but like a white girl here there it's like and so it's so funny when they're like, oh, it's not a problem here. And I'm like, yet you're, you think I'm exotic. <laughs> like I'm the, I'm exotic. I'm, my coloring, my coloring is different enough that you're like, oh, she's, she might not be quite, quite white. Ireland is changing and like, you know, is especially as global crises force people to leave their homes and seek, you know, refuge elsewhere and, Ireland becomes one of the countries that takes people in for that and as you know just more and more people move about in general like it's gonna have to change but it's even like where it's at I suppose right now certainly there are people who like last summer and still continuing into now like they want to learn and they want to figure it out and they want Ireland to make changes but it's even still at the point where it's me a white girl is exotic I <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but like I, I am so gagged That's that, that, that like has happened to you. Uh, I I don't know. Like but it does speak oh to God. something interesting that I've also I I've also noticed, which is interesting. And and this is something I actually overheard on a bus once, or like walking around town or something. I was close enough to the person to respond, uh, and it was shortly after returning to Ireland after last summer, uh, and a lot of like the kind of anti-racist and bad Black Lives Matters were still like going on. There was still a lot of conversation around it. Uh, and it just, I don't want to generalize to like people in Ireland or, or generationally, regardless of what of whatever, but it, it just, strikes me as interesting because that parallels this experience I had or like experience that I butt my head into is really how it went where I my generalization is it seems like there's a desire or or a, a knee-jerk reaction to subcategorize which like is a human trait regardless mm. but I see this as a really interesting space happening in Ireland and it and particularly in Dublin which I think only this is I'm embarrassed to say this only after this Black Lives Matter global like resurgence happened, did I say, I, I looked again and I said, oh wait, I Dublin is actually quite demographically diverse for a place in Ireland that's, it's saying a lot, but even just kind of on a, 
general sense, like there's a very large Brazilian population. There's a lot of, I guess, like European immigration. There's a lot of Southeast Asian Im immigrants, like, and not, and I'm not talking like we just came from Malaysia today. I'm talking like two generations of people who would, are Malaysian descent. So there is a lot of this more rooted immigrant experience, a lot of, Af sorry, West Africa, I almost forgot. There's a lot of these like different demographics of people. So <laughs> I guess I found it really interesting, particularly to the note about the uh, multi-generational immigrant uh, experience when I had heard somebody having a conversation that I was not a part of, and he made a comment to the tune of, oh, well, I mean, like that person who was, he was obviously talking about a person of color. Uh, and he's like, well, like, that's like new, a new Irish. And like, mm. <laughs> I took a beat and I was like, I'm going to let this go because I don't know these people. <laughs> they have absolutely no, no, no business entering this conversation, but they kind of continued talking mm. about it. And if it was just like a comment left out in the open, I probably would have left it alone, but like it was followed by some vaguely disparaging things. So I had to turn around and be like, what do you mean? Like very kind of like naive, being like, what do you mean by new Irish? And they're like, oh, you know, and I'm like, obviously I don't because I'm not from here, but like, I'm very curious to like what you mean because it sounds like you're dis distinguishing as there's an old Irish or like an original Irish person, mm -hmm. who's that person? And like, why is this person for whatever reason considered like not part of that group and you're putting them in a different group for because of and based on and like this was kind of like i make i promise i didn't get that heated like on the bus or whatever but it was just a line of inquiry that i kind of like <laughs> used to to be like i'm very curious like what what you're basing this evidence off mm -hmm. of like why is like a person who is black or a person who is southeast asian like who who's not even their parents, but their parents' parents came to Ireland and they have two generations of people born here. Like what makes them not Irish? Because like for all intents and purposes, they would be considered Irish. So I'm just kind of like following that framework of where is this thought process and idea coming from? And I'm sure there's like a generational aspect to it and this, that, and the other thing, but it was just something I found really mm -hmm. interesting that mirrored that kind of like, oh, maybe is Shannon Brazil again? For what other re what reason would it give you to be like, maybe she's part of this other group? Like, it's like, you're already not Irish because you're American. So I find it very interesting that people further try to fractionate you between like an ethnic group. Like it wouldn't, even, it yeah. wouldn't necessarily matter per se, but that's like line of inquiry to kind of figure it out. And I don't know necessarily how that would change how people interact with people yeah. or discuss them or whatever, but it just is something I've seen on a couple of occasions where there's a, this, you know, knee jerk to kind of be like, where are you from? It usually just kind of like initially reads to me as a microaggression to be like, why are you trying to put me in a category? Like mm -hmm. I can be from anywhere. I could like have any accent that it, do it doesn't necessarily matter, but mm -hmm. what matters is like, I'm here in this space for whatever reason. So, and it's not always malicious per se, but I just think like Neha said, it's coming from this Ireland is maybe a couple of years, decades behind this kind of like thought process in this movement. So if mm -hmm. this is just like people inquiring because it's like all of a sudden hit them that like Irish people cannot be white or there is like a, a many communities of like not white people that live in mm -hmm. Ireland, like if that's the realization, then it's a good one to have. But I will, you know, allow for a little bit of a learning curve, but it just comes at some sort of tactfulness that follows as opposed to something that is like 
clearly meant to demean this person who is a, likely a person of color or an immigrant to some stand. I mean, like, there's so much history that we can get into with Ireland, like Irish culture as having been colonized and how that was, how that I think really impacts like the way that they see themselves now as a country. And yeah, like it's so hard. You try not to generalize so much. Cause I know so many Irish people who are like, no, this is fucked up. This is fucked up. Like that, like, no, I've seen this here. I've witnessed like, they're like, no, I like, I see it. I get it. Like I'm like, I'm on board. So you hate to generalize, but I think there is like with Irish history, like you do, you see the things that have happened and you get to the point now where you're like okay Irish people take pride in being Irish because of all that they've been through and yet there's still a struggle with accepting that different skin colors can also understand that history and be you know socialized in an Irish way like they can like your it's they really struggle with like your skin color it does not determine your ability to be Irish sometimes. And like, yes, it might mean that your family is more recently an immigrant, but like there's this disconnect of being able to be like, you can be Irish and be more than white. Maybe it's just like a resistance to change, but it's like Ireland's, it's culture and its history and its heritage, like that will continue to exist. I want to tell on myself a little bit to something that Shannon said earlier, <clears throat> which is, in i guess the last year plus of kind of like having these conversations about race and racism kind of like in the united states and also like in ireland because you know neha and i are, are both medical students but we're also like also like awarded the most likely to like slide into insert administrator's name here email with like a hi you start like this is a really important thing about like a race thing that you should be paying attention to and i think this is inappropriate that you like, <laughs> we're like that is our like, my strange way of saying that like we're doing kind of a lot of equity and diversity work which we really really love to do um but i think in doing that uh, i also enjoyed the experience and i have to kind of like also say I, I i learned a lot being in ireland and doing this type of thing because in in when you do that type of stuff or are you involved with that in the united states it's like very very clearly on like race and ethnic lines and you like kind of know where the lane is because like that lane has existed for so long and you're like following cues from people who've done it before and i think being kind of a little hot-headed American in some ways. I like barged into rooms being like, you guys have to do this because like, this is like standard practice. People in the United States and institutions have been doing this for X amount of time. Like if you look at the UK, the UK has been doing this for X amount of time. And like, there's your like peer reference, blah, blah, blah. And what I hadn't done it was my own homework. And like to Sh what Shannon said was like how the Irish are a colonized people in and of themselves and like understanding that framework and kind of knowing that the lane that I am able to function in in my like equity and diversity stuff in the US is is a little bit wider in Ireland because of that history and like trying to push uh, an uh, push a, an initiative or an effort to kind of be inclusive and be like equitable and and equal and whatnot 
uh, cannot be done outside the confines of like this Irish context of like being colonized previously um, or the types of discrimination within I like Irish populations and like Shannon mm -hmm. said that on the, the spinoff pod we could talk about like the traveler and the Roma experience if you want to like hear about that but there are like discriminated people in Ireland that like are I Irish they're just like of a different ethnic group and there's this like line that I had to or this history and this kind of thought process that I had to learn in my own work that uh, I found very enriching because I I didn't consider it before I just thought like oh I can apply the same methodologies that I was doing at home and undergrad and just like carbon copy it here and it was going to like have results and um, being told kind of to push the brakes and to kind of consider this that and the other thing like it ended up being quite eye-opening uh, for me in a way and like that has been also a good thing so I think there's like I don't know. I just like that's like a little like a look a shift <laughs> in the conversation, but it's just something that came to me like as we were talking in that last segment. Just kind of like yeah, there is this whole other experience that we didn't have access to, but like as people of color who are often come to for like answers to these yeah. questions, for like places to go for information. Um, in our own work, we kind of had a little bit of like reading up and learning to do, which like was only beneficial because it just means that. Our, our, pro, our point of view on the topic is even a little bit wider now because we can take into account those nuances. So I've really appreciated that. And actually, I think like this is something I know we've talked about, but um, there's an added layer, I think, because we are in school um, and a very international school at that. And I had a little bit of this in undergrad, but we definitely have another layer of it here where you're dealing with or what you have, like, you know, people of color who grew up in America, um, people of color who grew up in Ireland, um, you know, your Irish people in Ireland, as Tim said, like the Roma and Traveler community. And then you also have like people of color who grew up in whatever their um, ethnic background, like that country, and then they just came to Ireland for school. So their first, you know, real experiences of racism have been in school in Ireland. Whereas for some of us, it has been since the day we were born, um, growing up in America or in Ireland. But the types of discrimination that we face is very different depending on which one of those categories we fall in. Um, so while I have a lot of experience with, you know, being a person of color in America and then moving to Ireland and all of those layers, um, it's definitely been a lot learning about kind of where all of those other communities fit on that scale. And also trying to explain to anybody who doesn't understand how those are very, very different experiences. Um, like speaking personally, whenever I have some type of microaggression that somebody may not think about in Ireland, for me, it brings up like every memory possible from my childhood growing up in America. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot behind every microaggression for me. But I know for people who like might have just moved to a Western country, they don't have all of that with them and they don't necessarily see those all as microaggressions. Um, because it reminds me a lot of like what my parents would say about when they first came to the States and like their experiences and a lot of the things that I'll complain about, they'll just be like, so? Because to them, they didn't grow up with it. So they don't have that those same attachments to all of these microaggressions. And I think, yeah, like kind of like kind of going back to the question, like how do we answer questions about American racism? Like clearly we like, we talk about every like we'll just dive in we'll talk about everything we'll start talking about ireland and racism i think like like we just talk i guess and like you have to know if i don't know like read the situation know if you're going to 
be in the right headspace for it, especially because, if, you know, if you're a person holding an identity and you're being asked to like defend your race and the person who's asking you that question doesn't realize that that's what they're asking you to do. Or like, you know, when it comes to like questions about America and racism, when you're like, look, you know, how, you know, how much time do you have to really get into America? Like, you, you know, when it happens, you take stock of like, is this a conversation that I have energy, time, the right headspace for? And then for us and kind of what I hope like these examples show is like we educate ourselves, like we're trying really hard to learn about Ireland and Irish people and like we're experiencing things firsthand. We're learning about history. We're going to new places. We're meeting new people. Um, we're obviously in Dublin. So like that that holds its own experience of how like we see Ireland. And then we also try to realize that everyone is kind of just speaking from their own experiences and so how can we speak to that and speak about our own experiences in a way that like we come to understand each other and still like take steps forward in the past year obviously like I've had to take stock of my own actions a lot like both when I was growing up in the U.S. and like since I've come here and like what did I think about the potential for somebody to be black and Irish like did I also hold kind of these beliefs and then you just start asking yourself questions and so yeah I think for like for me and I think what we're saying here is like you, you keep talking about it and you keep educating yourself and you keep yeah. learning about what other people are thinking and where they're coming from and then you just kind of figure out ways to move the world forward in a way where like yes we see people and we notice their skin color and we it, it, there's like an urge in us to associate certain things with that but like when we start questioning why do I associate certain things with that, why do I believe that, then like we can kind of move forward and away from just seeing people's skin color and making assumptions and then acting accordingly on those assumptions, if that makes sense. As as a black man, it can be very exhausting, but like I kind I live in this space, like this is like all that was also like a literal thing and a metaphorical thing. And I really do like having that conversation and I'm very fortunate to have had a lot of friends and like acquaintances more so acquaintances which is actually really interesting like when someone that you like know in passing slides into your dms on instagram being like hi i have this question i want to ask you and i don't i don't know how to ask it because i don't want to come up and i'm just like i the fact that you even want to ask me a question about this and you're being this cautious like is a step in the right direction so like what is it and then like that kind of opens the door uh to a really good positive conversation so i'm very thankful for that but the second thing i'm thankful for is like people like shannon and neha who when shit goes down and uh, they're the first people to be like hi are you okay i'm also sure that you're gonna get a lot of messages really soon about all this stuff but like i just want you to know that you don't have to answer them you don't have to talk to these people <laughs> you know to talk to them and like having that support network of like people that care about you and who are thinking about like that minority stress that you might be going through as like one of a handful of black people from the u.s that experienced this that might be asked this question so having a support network of people who are looking out for you and even if you are diving headfirst into every conversation like i often am and sending like a lot of emails to a lot of people being like this is a problem you have to fix it i don't get paid and you do like here's the thing having that person to like debrief with and kind of say like okay like have we done enough today? Like, let's like de-escalate your head so that it doesn't get too overwhelming, I think has been in the last year and a half plus, like something that has been so beneficial for me. So like the two people I'm on the pod with right now are kind of like my support network for that thing to kind of offload that stress and kind of like debrief and vent, but also like really feel 
taken care of and fulfilled uh, and re-energized to like dive into the next thing or try the next conversation or whatnot. I, everybody started coming to me and asking me questions because I am not black, but I am a person of color. And so they were like, oh, um, well, all of this is happening to mostly black people. So we don't want to ask them and make them relive their traumas. So instead, we're going to ask other people of color. And we're like the, the in-between kind of place to ask all these questions to, which, I mean, I love having these conversations and I appreciate that everybody wanted to ask, but I also don't have the personal experience of being a black person in America. And so I was like, I can answer from my personal perspective, but... I really don't have like the experiences to answer what I think it is that you're asking um, because I am very light skinned and live in the Bay Area and am very Indian looking in America, apparently not in Ireland, but in America. Um, and so it was um, like very interesting to kind of have to like keep saying that. And so what I finally started doing was I never used to be very open on social media about my perspective and my point of view on things. And then I realized, look, instead of having 20 people DM me about my perspective on things, if I just put it on my story or if I just put it on my feed, then they know. And then I don't have, you know, so many people having the same conversation with me, um, which, you know, when people do read my stuff and then they come to my DMs and they have questions for me at that point, I actually appreciate it a lot more because they already know where I'm coming from. Um, and I don't have to give any of my disclaimers and have that whole initial part of the conversation. We can just get into kind of like the meat and potatoes of it and like really have the conversation that they wanted to have. So I actually think the best way that I went about it to like not get exhausted was actually being way more open about where I stood on every issue um, to a much wider audience um, and actually made it a lot easier for me. I now only have conversations that are people who really want to know the answers. Um, and also a lot of people who have done their own research. And I think that's really big is if, if you're planning on asking a question, please try and like, you know, use Google. Um, it's really amazing how many things are actually out there. Um, and like, I mean, I've been posting a lot lately about like how Wikipedia is actually kind of helpful for some things, you know, like I don't normally say that, but like Wikipedia sometimes really has their shit together. So like, you know what, read it. And you can always check if it's true with the people that you know, but I would always say like, try and put in some effort on your end. Don't just come to me and be like, hi, is there racism? Like, no, like I, I don't have time for questions like that anymore. Um, but I think that was really the only way I was able to do it without getting totally burnt out in this last year, especially with like school and everything else and like the world kind of going through hell on its own. It's It's been a lot. And so the only way to really get through it and be able to have those meaningful conversations with all these people who are super well-intentioned and really are trying to understand and learn and become an ally is really putting it out there. Um, and I've also just really appreciated, I mean, mostly my white friends, but really even other people of color who have just amplified the voices of people of color rather than like take on the position of leadership themselves. Um, they've just like reposted something that another person of color posted or, or sent me and me like when I ask people for resources, they've sent me, you know, um, Instagram handles or Twitter handles or whatever of people of color who've been really open and honest about their experiences so I can learn from them. I think that's that's like honestly the best way to go about these conversations sometimes is just send people sources to do their own research <laughs> because 
I can only talk about my experience. I don't have, you know, a degree on racism. I just am a person of color and that's about it. And so like, um, I think also like if you're going to be the person asking questions to people of color, come in with that understanding that like you are asking us about fairly traumatic things. We might talk about it like they're just like everyday things, but that's just because we've been asked about them so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they are all actually very traumatic things. I have to just echo, like it's nice when people do their own homework, but uh, I guess it's also like an extra unburdening for us to be like, yeah. hi, have you heard of this crazy thing called Google? It has some answers to your questions so that you don't have to uh, waste my time. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's a boundary. It's a boundary that's important to have. It's like you guys being willing to talk about race and racism and, and other topics as well. Like you have to set the boundary though of like, I will talk about this. However, I need you to come to the table having read something and not just asking me a baseline question. I feel like that's probably important as well as setting like a boundary for yourself of when when it's time to walk away, when it's time to not engage. Yep, and that's definitely. Really and also, like, echoing what Tim said, just having that group of people around who, like, you can debrief with and not be necessarily as PC as you might be with those who, like, you may not know as well. Um, and, like, just being able to have them, like, almost shield you and protect you when you need it. Like, when I had, like, a really bad experience this year, like, Tim and our other friends, like, grabbed me and took me to the beach and we just spent the day out there and it was really necessary for me to just get out of my head and like process everything and like you like honestly like just like Tim said it's the people on this podcast like it's Tim and Shannon who like we come over and we really just vent about how frustrated we are about everything and need those people to like keep you sane through all of this yeah yeah and I think kind of the last bit for me I guess is like now I know the person who asked this question they are also a person of color. So like, I think your guys' perspective might answer his question a bit more because he has to take on some some burdens that you guys would as well that I don't have to take on. But I think for anyone else out there who's like getting asked questions about racism or having people say racist things in front of you like and trying to figure out your way, I think it's like, it's just building up the practice and like knowing that you're not you're not always going to have it all right and you you know you might not always like get there but like just to kind of recognize that there are going to be people who will say things to you because they think they can get away with it so not letting them get away with it knowing like setting again like the boundary of like this is not something that I deem appropriate here's why and then just kind of going forward from there and hoping that like because sometimes you can't launch into a big long thing you can't do you know, you, you can't have hours long conversations about stuff. You just can't. So sometimes you just also have to be like, that's not okay. You can't say that. Quick, like three bullet point, this is why, and then just move on. So that's kind of the last bit I would say to answer the question um, from my perspective with people maybe trying to get away with saying things to me because they think I won't say anything or they think I might agree or they think that I won't hold them to account and just trying like and I'm not I'm definitely not sat here acting like I do it all the time perfectly or all the time period like there's definitely wait days where I'm like where I might let something slide and then I go home and I'm like I should have said something and then it's like okay next time like I just I make sure that it's a boundary I hold and it's something that I say the next time obviously like on me as well to to question behavior 
Um, actually, like going along with what Shannon was gonna was saying, as like you know, her experience as a white person. What I was gonna say was like, as a person of color who is not black, you hold a lot of those same privileges. So like, I feel like I've also heard a lot of people this summer kind of trying to almost get away with more if you are a person of color that is discriminatory towards other people of color. So like, just keep that in mind. Like, just because you are a person of color, it doesn't absolve you from being discriminatory towards other people of color. That doesn't help anybody. So if you hear a microaggression against somebody else in the room and you have more privilege than them in that room, speak up, like say something. Because it's the only way that we're all going to get on the same page here. And just like Shannon said, like a lot of times it happens and I don't recognize it and it, it takes me a second. And I'll come back to the conversation later and be like, oh, I should have really said something then. And it's just about recognizing that so that you can say it again in the future. Um, because I mean, I definitely have a lot of that with my family being super South Asian household. There's, you know, there's a lot of things they say that's not cool. And it's taken like a good decade for me to like, help them understand why they need to change their perspective on a lot of things. And, you know, with a lot of people, it might take some time. But if you keep at it, they'll realize that, you know, if this person is taking so much time and energy into showing me that something I'm doing is not right, then there must be something to it. Also, on the flip side, if you are a white person, please do what Shannon has just said, because it's very helpful. And it, it actually does mean a lot when somebody recognizes that something was said that is not okay. Because if somebody says it to me directly, I will not speak up. That's just the truth. I, I'm not the person who has the level of power at that point, and I will not speak up if it's done to me. If it's done to somebody else around me, I probably will speak up, but if it's done to me, I will not. Um, and that's just the reality. And if you if you are a white person, like please keep uplifting the voices of the people of color around you instead of your own, honestly. And that's my two cents and my little request for everyone. Yeah. Beautifully said. Neha and I differ in that one way in that like, if you say it to me, I am the person that's going to say something. Mm. Um, and then if you say it to somebody else in the room, I'm still going to say something, <laughs> even if I'm not part of the conversation. So uh, I just like talk a lot and have a loud mouth. But um, I have a mentor who is also a physician who does a lot of diversity and equity and inclusion work. And I asked her this kind of question being like, like we said much, much earlier, you know, there are the people who get it and who like want to help and like be allies and who want to like learn and are quick to fix mistakes and this, that, and the other thing. And then they're like always the people who are never going to hear the message or don't want to hear it or don't believe it's an issue or not something that concerns them. And like it, the frustrating thing about the work is those are the people who need it most. And they're like the most checked out. And I kind of said like, well, how do we move the needle on this? She said, <laughs> and I love this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this forever. She said, I am of the mind that, like, yes, we do need white people and we need white allies because historically and uh, ubiquitously, almost like those are the people who hold the power generationally. And until those people are the ones that are like, ju like jumping on the bombs, like we can't really get this message anywhere. If you do have that level of privilege and like, you know, some people will say like white privilege doesn't mm -hmm. exist. Okay, uh, another podcast another day to talk about that. But like, know that, you know, 
if you are a white person or if you are like neha said that person that is not the discriminated in the moment and you have like a little bit more privilege and a little bit more power in that situation like it's very helpful to the person who's experiencing the aggression at the moment if you like jump on the bomb and if you like shield them from that type of it let that attack you know that's coming directly at them so um i will forever be saying you know we need our allies to be jumping on the bombs because (laughs) protects the people of color in the room who like are feeling some type of way in that moment and it also takes the power away from the aggressor which is like also part of the um the um which is the a part of the effective strategy of like changing how people think about this like if they know what they said was fucked up all of a sudden Mm -hmm. like you're calling it out and like you're somewhat of a peer to that person or an in-group member and they're like oh i all of a sudden want to listen to this other white person that's calling me out and I have to be introspective. So like, maybe I shut up and don't say anything racist for the rest of the meeting, which is a win for everybody in my book. Yeah. So I'm just going to help Shannon to wrap this up since she doesn't want to be the last person to speak in the room Um, with just some like quick takeaways for anybody who made it through this whole thing. Congratulations to everybody who made it for, you know, the people of color who are listening in who, who just need like, to feel supported we're there with you like this is difficult it's really hard to be the person in the room who has to teach just make sure that you take care of yourself and you have you know those group of people around you who will support you and who you can like debrief with and drink some wine with or whatever it is that you need to do to get Especially through this time wine. yeah it's honestly key um and for all of the allies just you know do your research and speak up when you see something and Learn to have the tough conversations because the more conversations you have, the less conversations we have to have. Um, And everything just becomes normalized a lot faster. Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, guys, for being my first guest. Thanks for having me. And for taking on, for taking on, like, you know, a very, like, serious and heavy topic. We can definitely, like, in season two, have you on again for something maybe a bit more fun. We can talk about, like, going out or, like, you know whatever we'll figure it out but thanks for like it means a lot and um obviously like value your guys's friendship so much and just as we have all adjusted to like life here it's nice to have people like you guys around who like I can have really good conversations with and like still have fun with and like all of that kind of thing so thanks so much guys miss you we miss you. you. Good luck on all of your exams. And thank you so, so much for taking out of your time, out of your day for, from studying, for having this chat.